Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. Now I'm JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. All right, fellas, let's waste no time and jump right into and recap the UCF game. The Bearcats beat UCF 73-71 to in Orlando. Now I'm excited to hear what JT has to say. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, it was probably the best performance of the year, man. <laughs> sounds crazy i'm like maybe a victim of of the moment but at the same time like you tell me that vic isn't gonna we're gonna warm up and not play and the bearcats were gonna win that game on a roll i would have t- probably called your bluff on it just because of how well ucf played them at fifth third arena and uh man they they won the rebounding battle man so that made me so happy but i just think the heart that team showed because their backs against the wall they lost three heartbreakers on a row where they should have could have easily won all three of the games and it was three in a row and to beat them like i was just like i was super super impressed and then the david to be able to hit that game winner pretty much put the team on his back when you know every you know all the chips are on the table you know it's just huge man huge neil what stuck out to you yeah i think what stuck out to me the most was uh the rebounding battle uh as jt mentioned there i mean I don't think you could have told any of us with to see Vic go through uh, go through warmups and then not play and then still win the rebounding battle and still come out there with the victory versus UCF. Obviously, knowing the height and the size that UCF has between Michael Durr, uh, Taylor Hendricks, like those are two pretty big physical guys. So I mean, to think they came out of there with the rebounding battle and. What really stood out to me was the play of Odio Guama and Kalua Zepke. So I think they went, I believe it was, uh, Odie went seven for seven from the field again. So he's, he had another perfect night. And also this is now the second time this season where he's had perfect nights from the field and got snubbed on the AAC honor roll. So uh, Odie had a seven for seven night. Uh, I believe he had 16 or 15 points. And then Kalu, like Kalu stepped in big time. He had to, arguably his best game of the season, 12 points, four to six shooting with six rebounds. So me personally, I loved what I saw over Kalu, uh, saw from Kalu and Odie in the uh, 73 to 71 win over UCF. But overall, I mean, what's really stood out as of late is the play of Odio Guama. Like I think I was, when I talked to him earlier, I was looking at the stats. I believe he's 24 for 29 shooting 80% from the field in his last four games. So that's a big a big step for the Bearcats. Obviously, that's something they have been needing with the uh, Big Vic out. But overall, Odiaguama averaging 14 points a game roughly in the last four games. So they needed a big night from him, and they got that on Saturday. Neil, I know you love when Kalu plays well because I think you just love saying Kalu's full name. <laughs> you do so you do so well pronouncing those names. I, I do. Whenever he plays well, you're like, yeah, I get to say his full name. <laughs> um, for me, um, up three at half and win the game. I mean, we've had so many games, right? Man. Half, lose. Uh, just th- This was just like, I mean, I think every Bearcat fan that's like exhaled, like, finally. Um, JT, you have been screaming – We've got to win the glass. We got to win the glass. Yeah. Not just a constant. You said, "Sorry, keep beating the dead horse," but, and that's something that you kept talking about. And we yeah. do that, and we win for sure. Like you think about it, you, you tell me you win the glass against them without Vic, you got a good chance, man, and you pull it off. Like because if you get dominated on the glass that game, you lose. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You win by two, you win the glass. It, it, you know they had five people in double digits. Everybody yep. that started, you know, no bench on two bench points, but like you know, most games you got two bench points is gonna burn you. Yep. But you win the glass, man, changes everything. Um, you don't, you know, this team doesn't really turn the ball over a lot, which is good. I mean, they've had a couple games where they've been pretty high, but 
normally when you look at the Achilles heel, it's either they get cold, but then you look at the glass discrepancy, it kills them. Kills them, man. Sometimes yeah. you look at those games and it's like, man, they lost by five, but then they got killed on the boards by 11. Like that that's the game right there. Because most of the time when you're getting beat on the boards, probably eight to 12 of them are offensive rebounds and they're probably going to score eight to 14 points off of that. You know what I mean? Like your yeah. second chance points are going to kill you. And you lose by four or five points. That's the difference in the game. That that kills you more than free throws sometimes. So for them to go on the road and win, man, because like um, some people were like, you know, when people were like ready to jump off the bridge when they were losing the games, so I understand where people are mad. Um, but at the same time, like people don't take that step back to look at the whole picture. It's like, man, the highs of this team have been very good. And it shows you that they have a chance to, reason why you're mad because you see how good they play when they mm-hmm. play real good because otherwise they were playing like trash nobody would be mad when they blew a game like that like, oh, they, they, they're not good anyways but you know they're you know they're still missing a, a piece or two but at the same time when they're playing real good they're just about as good as almost i mean they're definitely i think a, like a second tier team you know and then nobody's really i mean arizona is very real real good I put them up there, but like the Kansases and a couple other teams. But I mean, the Bearcats play with a lot of teams, so not to be long-winded on that. So no, you're right; they're capable, and I think yeah. Bearcat fans look at this Bearcat team like, you know, JT. You will look at your, you know, your two sons that play basketball. You you know what they're capable of doing, and when they don't play to that level. Yeah. You were on their ass. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I know you could do better. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly, yep. I think that's where, where Bearcat fans are. A couple things. I think we had – I don't have the stats in front of me. <clears throat> Neil, I kind of lean on you, but I think we're at 15 turnovers. Let me see. Um, I think I pulled up. You have a yes. Game? Yeah, 15. 15. Zero blocks. That's crazy. I didn't even notice we had many blocks. Zero blocks. So when I looked, I looked at the stats like after the game. I try, I try to memorize them. I don't don't have them in front of me. But I said, wait, wait, wait. This can't be right. I was like, they've got to adjust this. Zero blocks. But I, I think that's a result of, you know, not having a guy like Vic too. Yeah. You know, he kind of protects that rim. But, um, you know, I, I have said this. Over and over on the podcast, I've, I've said this to friends. I've said it on Twitter. When the game's on the line, I love the ball in Juice's hands. Because I think yeah, good things can happen. It's a good thing you mentioned that, Alex, because uh, we actually asked Coach Miller about that final play today uh, when we spoke to him this afternoon. And uh, he kind of called that timeout, and he looked at Juice. He said, do you want it in space or do you want a ball screen action? And David said, he wanted it in space is what Coach West told us today in the presser. And, I mean, this is something we've talked about him in our interview with him was how important it is to have a good floater. And, I mean, we saw it on Saturday or on Sunday when he knocked down that 14-foot, 12, 14-foot floater there uh, right at the buzzer, like smaller point guard. Yep. Having that floater in a guy's game like David DeJoyce is such a key, valuable piece. And we saw it on sound on Sunday. And I mean, uh, it was a good thing. Like he broke down the play and said, Hey, he wanted it in space. So, and he made it work. I mean, we know how uh, great David is with the ball in hands. He can create for himself. He can create his space. He can get downhill and attack. He can score at all three levels. And ultimately that floater, that floater worked. And it was there. The Obviously I think UCF was kind of sitting on the high pick and roll. I mean, they were just getting beat by the pick and roll all game. So, it was kind of nice to change it up there and then drop that little floater in. And ultimately, David got it to fall with like, what, 0.3 left, 0.2 left. So, overall, I, I, knocked I, it in. I'm always a like, so with a guy like Juice, I, I like in, in last-second possessions like that, spread the floor. He doesn't need a ball screen. Yeah, You know, I think it's like sometimes that it, it drives me nuts when coaches do that, when you've got a guy like Juice – or somebody like that that can really handle the basketball and you and you get a ball screen it congests things up and it yep. just just let him let him do his th- like yeah. just practice 20,000 times on his own breaking somebody down doing a step back doing a floater let him do what he's worked on in the moment that he's been waiting for and i was glad to see that yeah for sure definitely definitely 100% 
and, and we <laughs> you said it, JT, and I'm gonna say it again. I mean, we we really needed a win like this. Man, it was huge, dude. It was huge because you you know you get down to it like you know we we before you know early in the season we said this team has a chance to be a 20 team win a 20 game winner um and everybody kind of looked at it it's like i don't know about that but you start seeing them play but then they start having some losses that you're like dude you can't lose that game yeah and you know start adding up and then you know where when you kind of thought they were turning the corner you start losing again and it's like ah you know winnable games and that's yeah, like burns you. You know, on a roll, you gotta you gotta close it out. And they finally were able to do it, so that that was good. Especially after failing three times in a row, where they each one of those games they had a double digit lead. I want to say in those games and end up losing. So, you know, growth base baby steps, man, baby steps. It is baby steps, as you mentioned there, JT. Because I mean, this is a team that went on the road to uh, SMU and SMU came back and they had to fight till the end it wasn't a pretty win yeah early in the season but it's one of those wins like you're going to look back on it and you can you can really build some momentum off of it and i mean versus a tough ucf team like that's a very good ucf team and i i think people aren't giving that ucf team the recognition they deserve uh obviously they've been battled with some injuries michael durr's been out uh due to some injuries but if they i really i i thought that was a whole different ucf team from the first time we played them but overall, like that's a that's a good UCF team. That's a big quad one win. Now the Bearcats just have to turn the page here and uh, get ready for Temple. And, and let, let's talk about this real quick, JT. I want to kind of piggyback what you were just talking about. So uh, the Bearcats are correct me if I'm wrong. We're eighteen and ten, right? Um, yeah, eighteen and ten now. Yep. Okay, eighteen and ten. We've had, like you said, some bad losses. How many bad. bad losses would you, would you say? Obviously, NKU's one that would give us nineteen wins. Uh, Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State's looking bad now. But at the time, Ohio State was legit. So I won't count that. I think they, I think their big man got hurt too. Yeah, they, they Ohio State was tough at that point. They, had yeah, been, I won't count that as a bad one. Yeah, I won't count that as a bad one. That the NKU one for sure was terrible. Um, I think the first Temple loss. On the road, on the road was bad. It's just because what was bad about that once they got out rebounded. That's one of the things we talk about all the time. And it was like a guard had like fifteen rebounds. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they're big. I don't think. I think it was like the one of their shooting guard or something had like fifteen boards or something crazy like that. And I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, so that one was like I think that was a bad loss because of how they lost. Um, that ECU and, loss is going to hold the most significant weight. Yeah. I that feel ECU, ECU was bad. You got put. Um, I think that Tulane one you got to put there. That's oh, for sure. Because even oh, yeah, you got to throw that hurt. Tulane one in there as well. Just with how everything like transpired that yeah. night. That was the night you lost Vic. You lost Rob. Yeah, you're up still up seven. With yeah, up seven, and then just couldn't finish. Oh. Yeah, you're up double digits against Houston. Isn't a balance because it's Houston, but at the same time they were up double digits with like eight minutes left. I want to say they lost that one, but I would say like the the Tulane ECU. So you got a couple. Like I don't think that the Xavier isn't a bad loss. The bad one that was a bad foul call at the end. Like I won't, you know, we don't blame the rest, but you gotta let that go to overtime. That was some BS. He had he had money on Xavier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. He had some paper on Xavier. He must have had like the uh he must have had a, a site he could use that it didn't matter he's in Ohio. <laughs> Cause uh that was some bull. But anyways. I won't count that. That's I mean Xavier, Xavier, they're good. We hate them, but that was their good team. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, it's just a few. Like they should be. At, I mean, honestly, they could be at like twenty-two wins right now. So that would put us at twenty-one and seven if we yeah. went. If like NKU, Tulane, ECU, yeah. that put us at twenty-one, 21 and seven. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that would be. I mean, we'd be talking about a different, yeah. different area right now, right? For sure. Yeah, because you would have that automatic. If they were sitting at that record right now, I believe that two C would be locked and loaded, already secured. Yeah, and then they may have a chance without those bad losses. They may have a chance to be like on the bubble, like strong bubble, like first four out, first four right. in, something like last four in type of thing, or second, you know, last eight out, whatever. I don't know. You know how they go about that thing crazy now, but I think they would be really in the the thick of things for sure without needing that deep, super deep run in the AAC tournament. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know. So. so close. I mean, that close. those three games are for sure winnable games, like no question. So, yep. well, let me let me tell you guys this quick story and then we'll we'll, we'll uh-huh. jump into um, our, our next piece here talking about Temple. But so um, I didn't get to see the uh, UCF game live. Um, I know, Neil, you were sending some texts within our our group chat. Um I was at tryouts for or preparing for tryouts for AU and funny story. So um, our staff was having a staff meeting and uh, Ben Fortin and uh, Kelly Davis, who are assistant directors for our, our, our AU program, they were leading um, a meeting. And in that meeting, two of our new coaches, Mamadou Diara and Corey DeBerry, Coriante DeBerry, Corey and Mamadou are in the staff meeting and I'm, I got to put the baskets down because it takes a while to put the baskets down at the facility um, that we used. <clears throat> so I'm there putting the baskets down. I'm about probably 40 yards away from the staff meeting. And I'm listening to Dan Horde and Terry Nelson on my iHeart app. And, and Dan's calling the game. And he's like, the Julius has the ball. You know, you know, saying this whole thing. And it's funny because I'm listening and I'm looking at Mamadou and Coriante, and I'm like, they have no clue that this is going on right now. And the Julius, you know, I, I can't remember what Dan said, but the Julius hit it and he, you know, whatever he said, you know, uh, uh Dan does such a good job at, you know, as you're listening, right? Breaking down what's going on um during the game. So when Juice makes that shot and then UCF throws it the distance, doesn't make it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And then <clears throat> Mamadou, <laughs> Mamadou saw it on his phone. As he was in the staff meeting, but he had his phone going. He was like, game one, game one, win a chicken dinner. Oh, we all went crazy. So that was the. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good moment. I'm I'm listening to Dan and Terry. Mamadou's falling on his app. Oh man, it's just good time when the Bearcats win, right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now the Bearcats take on Temple February 22nd at 7 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchup. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Man, so like I was, I did, and I went with Odie last game, didn't I? Yeah, Odie came through for me, so I appreciate you, Odie, for doing your thing. Um, but I think this one, like if Vic comes back, it's just a strong possibility. I think knock on wood. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Juice, man. He had a he had a game winner, and then I think that's gonna give the team a lot, a lot of life. And I think he, I just want, I expect him to just roll with it, like. A, I think he's going to have one of those 12 to 16 point games. He's been averaging like what? Seven like, assists, <laughs> seven, eight like assists. 7.8 or something yeah. like that. When I did the math and something like that. So the same amount. So like 12 to 16, I'm going to go six to eight assists. He'll have a couple steals. Fifth third, fifth third will be rocking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think I just suspect him to just, you know, feed off the momentum, man. Like, he he wanted that shot. He takes the shot. He lives with if he misses it or not, um, which you respect. I think he's just going to have one of those games, man, where he's just going to try to break these guards down. And uh, I think that's key because, you know, Temple is a real guard-heavy team. So, um, I want uh, – yeah, I think, I think I'm going with the Julius, man. Because, um, you know, last game, dude had like 30 rebounds. That was crazy. So, uh, yeah, the Julius about to, you know, make dude tired on offense, you know what I'm saying, on defense per se. So, so from rolling. JT, you, you've been rolling with your prediction, so hopefully that holds true. Yeah, I'm going with it, man. That's where I'm going. I, I pulled Odie out, man, because I was like, I, I didn't know if Vic was going to play, so I knew Odie, they were going to have to have a chance to win. Odie was going to have to have one of those, hey, respect me games, and he did. Now, Neil, Temple is 15 and 13 right now. 
Now, who do we need to watch out for from the Owls? And please update us. Are there any changes to any star players for Temple? Yeah, so that's a that's a good conversation starter there. So we can kind of piggyback off of JT heading into the key players to watch. Me, personally, I like that matchup. I would like to see David DeJulius go off as well. Like, I agree there with JT. Uh, just because Temple is without their leading scorer, Khalif Battle did not play on over the weekend versus Wichita State. It was due to personal reasons. So the status n- seems to be to be determined heading into tomorrow. I haven't seen anything uh, relying on the update yet, whether he uh, will be playing, made the trip. But you never know in those situations. And Khalif Battle is a game changer for Temple and Aaron Mackey's offense. I mean, Temple is very guard heavy, as JT mentioned, but in terms of being guard heavy, all their point guards are like six foot five, six foot six. Even their first guy, first guard off the bench is six foot seven. So they're a tall, lengthy team. But Khalif Battle, if Khalif Battle does not go tomorrow night or tonight versus, uh, versus Tulane or versus us, sorry. <laughs> but if he does not go tonight, Versus UC, it could it could be a game changer, and it's not going to be the two point game and what it was back in Philadelphia early in January. So obviously, this is a whole different kind of situation from what they were like earlier in the season. But Temple's very guard heavy. It starts with Khalif Battle and Damian Dunn. Damian Dunn is averaging 15 points per game as well, and Khalif Battle is averaging almost 18. So those two guys combined for about 50 percent of the points every game it seems they run most of the offense through them so that's why I like JT's pick here to see David DeJulius pop off so overall if Khalif Battle can't go I like I like the Bearcats chances the Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services so Neil with with that being said you know potentially him being out how do you foresee you know them changing Temple changing up their offense maybe how they play offensively even some things they do different defensively. Yeah, so for those who have watched Temple earlier in the season or throughout the season, I've caught them quite a few times. I believe I watched their game versus Memphis. Khalif Battle and Damian Dunn actually come off the bench. Like I've seen Aaron Mackey bring them off the bench and bring them in there at the first media timeout. So Aaron Mackey could really start them, start both of them. They're a very good comp, uh, combo when they're in there together. But he has been able to kind of switch things up and bring them off the bench at the same time. Uh, so he'll start the two longer guys, kind of try to set the tone on the defensive end early. And then he'll like to bring those two guys off the bench so they're high-powered scorers. So overall, if Khalif Battle can't go, I expect I expect them to kind of change a little bit up defensively. I would not believe uh, – I would not be surprised if they throw that – a little bit of zone look in there early. I believe they did it there in the first matchup. But, however, this is also a whole different game, as we mentioned from the first one. This isn't – this is going to be a packed out, probably a good 10, 11,000, maybe even a full sellout crowd tomorrow night at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, this isn't like what it was at Temple back on early January where it was probably, what, an average 5,000 people roughly. Temple's one of those places where you have to build your own energy. So, I know I talked to Odie today. He said he's really looking forward to – uh seeing the fans bring the energy for the final two home games of the season. So overall, I think, I think they'll kind of change some things defensively and try to uh, attack uh, on ball early. They're a very great uh, team in terms of ball pursuit. They love to be physical up front, make you uh, kind of work for it, but you got to protect the ball versus Temple as well. You can't turn it over because they're very good with their hands. So overall, if I think the Bearcats can really limit their turnovers there, I think it's a good shot. Now you, you mentioned something about bringing your own energy, and I just want to I just want to say this. And JT always jokes, um, but it's true. You know, one of the great things about getting out of the AAC is these road games that we play at Tulane, at ECU, at Tulsa. You can you could combine all of their attendance, all those games, and they're they're not even equal to a sellout. At, at fifth, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 true. <laughs> like, that's the one thing about this league that bothers me is like, you know, these kids who work, you know, our kids that work hard get excited. You know, they play in front of big crowds at Fifth Third Arena, and then you go at Tulane, 
for ECU, and you said it, JT. There's 30 people there. <laughs> for sure, man. It's crazy, what? right? It's like, why can't you? Like, it, it can't be that much stuff to do at, in, like, in what, Greenville? Greenville? Greenville. No, in Greenville. ECU said it was like 4,000 for the game last week. So, I mean, obviously, this weekend's matchup heading into a team like Memphis, where they're used to bringing a big crowd. I think they're playing at FedEx Forum, home of the Grizzlies, holds close to 19. So that's going to be that different environment. But overall, if you look down at the Temples, the Tulane's, the ECU's, like these, those are games where you have to pack them. Even UCF, like I think they're only averaging like five, six thousand fans per basketball game, and that that's a brand new arena down there as well, too. So overall, and then you wow. take that transition to the Big Twelve, like West Virginia packs out every night. Oklahoma State will pack out every night. Like Big Twelve sellouts every game, every yeah. night. It's a whole different environment, I feel like. For sure. Super different environment. So you got to be ready. You know, it's gonna, you're going to be ready. But that even, like, they're booing at you. Like, if you're one of those people like that, love that energy, like, you're going you're gonna to thrive. You gonna have, <laughs> But this is something to give you. So you're going to get some negative energy or some positive energy in the Big 12 because you're going to – Fifth Third is going to be packed out. You know, all the other places. I mean, Texas Tech, I'm pretty – every time I watch a Texas Tech game, I'm like, damn. Like, I don't oh. think it's – I mean, they, I feel like the media people will be on the floor. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. But um, but it's going to be way better, man. I, I, I can't wait. We just got to get through this. But I want them to finish strong. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the Big 12 crowds. I mean, I watched the West Virginia-Oklahoma State game last night from start to finish. That crowd was phenomenal. And then you look down at TCU. I mean, TCU-Kansas crowd last night. Max Duggan walks in, and next thing you know, that place erupts. And it's a whiteout, like. Seeing, I believe it was close to 12,000 down there, 12, 13,000. And then sure. see the Davy O'Brien winner walk in, and that place goes nuts. I mean, TCU couldn't finish it out, but still, the elect the atmosphere in the Big 12 is just a whole different level than what we have seen in the AAC for sure. And you know, the thing is, I think mo- most athletes at this level, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you rise to the occasion. <clears throat> so people are like, well, we, we go in, Bearcat fans, some have said to me, like, well, we go to ECU and lose. How are we going to go to Kansas and win? And I'm like, well, if you're an athlete and you you are a high-level athlete, your game, you you raise the level of your play when you're in environments like that. Um, I think it, there'll be different situations. I, I think we'll be fine. We'll, we'll compete. It's just something. You know how it is, man. You know, when you got a big crowd there and there's hype and you're on the road, man. Yep. Figure it out. <laughs> yep. You know, so I, I'm I'm excited for us to get to the Big 12 for, <laughs> for one of those one of those. Are, are we on ESPN Plus in in the Big 12? Uh, I, I think. Let's see. I think it's I most mean, of those games are Monday nights. This season tended to be mostly Monday nights on ESPN. But like, but I mean, there will probably on, be some on ESPN Plus. But I mean, if you're on Plus, it's either like you're probably like been lost, like you've been losing a lot. I feel like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like they flex you out. Like I, I don't think you're gonna like their those Big Twelve games will be on regular on regular. You might be on ESPN two or something, which is cool. Yeah. You maybe at worst case scenario, but I think you have to just be getting done dirty in the team you playing has to be kind of in the same boat i think you'd be in that in that uh to get put in that uh tier i guess or that pod <laughs> yeah and it's, it's a good thing you you guys mentioned that because i believe parker parker and i discussed this on our live show yesterday of the at-large bid but we were talking about the big 12 could potentially have seven teams make the ncaa tournament this year mm. so if you look at that heading into the momentum for the bearcats next season you look down you have seven teams that could potentially make the NCAA tournament. I believe just one's on the outside, right? Or two's on the outside right now. They have five in the top 25, if I remember right. Six receiving votes. And then Oklahoma State sitting on the outside there. But overall, if you're if you're a Bearcats fan, you're just looking at the Big 12 conference. You see, you see the juggernaut of teams, the powerhouses, the caliber these teams are. And then you just gotta think, like, man, yeah, I'm I'm fired up to be playing in a conference of that level heading uh heading forward after this season. So just a just a little fun stat there to get you guys ready for the Big 12. Yeah. I mean it's the best basketball conference in the country. Yes it is. And and the Bearcats are headed there. So I'm excited. 
The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati. Top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what did the Bearcats need to do to win? Broken record, man. Re- get it. I say, like, win the rebound battle. Or if they do lose, they got to keep it within three. Like, it has to be within three because I feel like the energy at Fifth Third Arena is going to allow them to make a couple more shots that they might not have made on the road. That's just how it goes. So, they got to keep it close, and if they can win the rebounding battle, that's going to be great. I think they'll have less than 15 turnovers, um, to you know tonight, and I think that'll carry them because I think they'll be able to, to you know, get a get that momentum from the crowd, which they haven't had in a while. So uh, I think they'll feed off that, and if they get Big Vic back in the game, that's really going to be something. So I think that's going to like make the crowd go to another level. I think that's going to make the team go. They have that. Everybody be able to kind of go back to their natural spots for the most part if, if Vic is there. So then you get you get stronger on the bench, and I think that helps the bench going, and it just goes from there. Now, now JT, the Temple game, the at Temple game, that was the one where we got crushed on the boards, correct? Killed, like, killed on the boards. Yeah, I believe point yeah. guard finished with 14, if I remember right. Yeah, he had like a double-double. I feel like he had like 14 and 14 or something, like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that – and I know, like, Vic had early foul trouble, and then once that happened, it just, like, got crazy. But I think, like, Kalu and, Kalu and uh, Odie stepped up super, super huge against UCF. They got to keep that same energy. Um, no matter what, if Vic's playing or not, they got to keep that same energy because Temple's scrappy, so they, they can't uh, they can't have the one game where they just got gritty and then have another game where they just, like, oh, we'll let it bounce. Right. Yep. I mean – Temples has they've shown us they can beat us. So for sure. They, they come in with a lot of confidence, no matter what. I I think. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats right now, uh, to get the exact number on the first matchup. Jaleel White had 16 rebounds and 14 points in the first matchup. So 16, you look down and see 16 in a stat sheet for a rebound. So that's a pretty substantial number. Neil, what what was the rebound advantage? Was it almost double? Um, it was 46 to 28. Yeah. Okay. 18. Man, that's a hell of a, a discrepancy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. That, that, that cannot happen. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a 20 ball. 18 round up. Man, that's 20. Yeah. No <laughs> now, Neil, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah. Win big. I think I would, li- I would like to see them establish the ball inside. I mean, uh, we saw on Saturday they just they shot their lowest uh, amount of three pointers on the season. They went, I think they only shot fifteen. Uh, they knocked down four of them, so they shot roughly. If I can do the math correctly, I believe when I was looking earlier, it was about twenty eight percent. But overall, I mean, just just play smart, conservative basketball. I think if you can really get the in, the ball inside going, obviously, uh, if Vic is able to go back and go, they can get him rolling a little bit more. And Odie's been on a tear lately, and I, me personally, I would love to see them kind of establish the ball inside here, uh, first temple. Yeah, I, I, they have to win. They have to win the battle of the glass this time. I have to. I I think you're right. I I think this could be one of those, um, Big Ten football games where it's a it's a grinded out, and you talk about throwing it inside and just kind of grinding out, grinding it out, and then we kind of stretch that lead. And I think we're gonna have a good crowd, so you you know you put all that in the pot and mix it up. I think it'd be a recipe for some success. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, there are a couple things that I want to point out. Um, uh, headband Vic. Now, do you guys, Neil, you were at the presser, and then we'll get JT's thoughts. Do you think Vic is going to play for sure? What are your, Where do you sit on this? Uh, I'm sitting right now at – about a 50 50 still i know west miller said today he wasn't uh even he wasn't 100 knowing he said it sounded like they were he got the clearance on saturday 
or on Sunday to play versus UCF, but he had has not done anything live yet. So that was something he really hit on in the presser today uh, that Vic actually hasn't had a live practice. He didn't think it would have been fair to throw him out there without any preparation for the UCF team. And then he also mentioned like he didn't just want to rush him back, throw him out there and then have the chances to re-injure it. Obviously Vic is going to be a guy they need down the stretch, but me personally, I'm, I'm still 50, 50 on it. I don't want, I don't know hundred percent. I think we'll know more after shoot around tomorrow and see how he kind of responds during shoot around. But if Vic can go, it's a huge substantial uh, piece for this team, but um, Odie and Kalu have been ready if uh, Vic can't go. So right now I still say it's a 50, 50 ball. JT. I'm going to go, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go 70, 30 since he was like, he was super active before that. UCF game. I think as long as knock on wood, he had a good practice today. He got through, and it's not tripping on him tomorrow. I think I think he goes. Um, I definitely think he goes. I, I, at worst case scenario, I know they they I know he wants to probably play against Memphis. I like if they can make sure he's ready for Memphis for sure. But um, every game's important for them now. So I think if he can go and he didn't you know didn't aggravate it at practice today or yesterday. Um, and as uh, you know, ready at shoot around, I think he's going to go. I don't, but, but the thing is, I don't know if he starts, if he is, if he does go. And I, I think he's, if he's good to go, I think he's got to get, even if you, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and, uh, load manage it, <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi. like the claw, Kawhi, <laughs> just load manage. But yeah. like you said, he needs some reps to get ready for Memphis because how many games has he been out? Uh, yeah are you counting the three 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 and a half three and a half counting the two lane three and a, three and a half so yeah you i'm telling you like listen and i was a i was a bench guy you know last in the game but i'm, I'm gonna tell you if you sit out a couple games you're not getting your practice uh reps getting that level of win back it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, right? You're gonna yeah, need, yeah. you're gonna need some reps, and uh, hopefully he's been on that bike, um, you know, working out to get his you know wind up because we we're gonna need him against Memphis, and that's gonna be an important game for sure. Can't look past Temple, but no, no, can't. Right? Can't. Can't look past him. So, question to you, real yeah. quick. Do you all right? Three games left, eighteen and ten. Are the Bearcats going to get 20 wins before they get to the AAC tournament? Um, so we are home versus Temple. I think we get that dub. That takes us to 19. Um, at Memphis, I'm saying I'm th- I think we could beat Memphis if we have um even a 85% Vic. Um, I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent like back to like the normal Vic. Um, I think we, we could have a chance to win it, but let's say we don't win the Memphis. I think we beat SMU at home. Okay. Um, and that's senior night. So there'll be energy there. Yep. Um, I think that's on a Sunday at two. So that'd be senior day. Yep. Um, so that would take us to 20, right? Yep. That'd be 20. <clears throat> what do you think? Now, I'll chime in on this one. If you guys don't mind, I'll go for it. I, I do think they get 20. Uh, obviously, Temple's been Temple went through a stretch of four game four straight losses before their win over Wichita State over the weekend. Yep. Memphis, Kendrick Davis is out right now. He missed the Houston game due to uh, an ankle injury. That was a substantial loss. Houston uh, versus Houston or Memphis had the opportunity there to go in there and really, if they had Kendrick Davis, that's that's a different ball game. We all know the ability of Kendrick Davis and what he's been able to do. But this this is. A Memphis team, Kendrick Davis has been battled by ankle injuries for most of the season. He's one of those guys where he's he's a tough kid. He's been playing with sprained ankles very often this season from the reports I have seen. And when you're without a dominant playmaker like that, and if Kendrick Davis isn't able to go this week, say he doesn't even practice this week, that's a Memphis team that has been banged up for last month and a half. They were without Alex Lomax, their other starting point guard. They were without their starting big and Malcolm Dandridge for most of the conference play. He's just now starting to make his way back. So this Memphis team has been banged up. But overall, then you go into SMU, like 
this is a chance that Bearcats could realistically get three in a, or four in a row heading into the conference tournament. And I think if they get that four in a row, that sits them at 21, then you get in the conference tournament. And I believe if they win out and they have some help, they'll get that first round by. So me personally, I think, I think they'll be over a 20 win team. JT. I'm going to go. I'm, I would love 21. That'd be sweet, but I'm, I'm going to go. They win the two row, two home games. And then the road game is the coin flip. So I'm going to say they'll lose the, the road game. So I'll say they get 20. Okay. Some some way, some somehow they'll get the 20 before the AAC tournament. Somehow, some way. Yep, yep. And then if they can get hot and make a run in that tournament, you never know. Never know, man. Mm-hmm. Never know. I was telling somebody the other day, um, I had a – a parent locally here in Cincinnati was talking to me about high school basketball. And we were talking about the tournament, the, the Ohio high school tournament. And he was telling me what teams he thought, you know, were going to win. And I said, you're, you're picking all the like top seeds to like kill the other teams. And I'm like, you just never know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you know, you, you get a team like, for example, um, Madeira high school here in Cincinnati, Plays Purcell Marion first round of the tournament. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was Madeira's first round game. I'm not sure if it was Purcell's first. They won and then played Madeira. But um, Madeira, record on paper, should beat Purcell by 15 plus, let's say. Yeah. It was, it went to overtime. Dang. It, 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 it went to overtime. And Madeira's got a really nice team, but you, you just never know. You give a team confidence. They start yeah. shooting all well. In the, you know what I'm saying? You, you give them a little confidence here and there. Trust me. Yeah, no, for sure. It happens, man. That you, you, you get, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. It gets crazy. Because you play a team, because you don't know, like, I'm pretty sure they probably played each other in the regular season, I'm guessing. And that's another thing. You get familiar. Then you're like, you know what? We can just take that wave. Because, you know, the better teams only have that wave that you got to get through. If you get through that within four to five, or maybe you're up, like, oh, now you're playing with house money because they got the pressure. You just out here playing. If you got some heart and sticks to the plan, you know what I mean? Like, you might be able to pull it off. Yep. Yep. So the Bearcats get a little confidence, roll into the AAC, and win that bad boy. Yeah. That's they can avoid Houston as long as possible. That's the key. Yeah. I don't care. Even if they don't get a buy, if they can avoid, the longer they can avoid Houston, the stronger I feel about it. You made a point earlier, though, JT. The Bearcats have seen every team in this conference. The Bearcats are capable of beating every team in this oh, conference. For sure. For sure. Right? For sure. That that was the one thing about that's like when I when people were just jumping off the bridge. I'm like, man, they almost beat Houston. Like in Houston, like yeah. if you like I know like if it was a fifth, we all be drunk, right? But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, right? <laughs> You almost beat Houston, who, if you give me a bracket right now, I'm putting, I'm penciling them into my final four. Mm-hmm. Like, flat out. Like, them in Arizona, like, I just got to figure out. Even if I – like, those two. And they they had Houston on the ropes, man. Yep. Like, they had them on the ropes. Like, no they had ropes. Arizona on the ropes as well, too, earlier in the season. They played them tough. Played they them tough, correct. They played them tough. They had Houston. They had, they had Houston, Houston in, right in danger zone. They had Houston in danger zone. Arizona had to respect UC. Like they couldn't be like, oh, this is this mm-hmm. is a warm-up game. I didn't think they had them on the ropes. They had them, they had them where they had to respect them and keep playing real ball. With Houston, they had them where they were taking, they were giving them body blows. They just they were able to eat a couple and then, you know, had the endurance per se. But they really had Houston on the ropes. Arizona, they had Arizona kind of had UC on a danger zone, but UC kept fighting. But you had to respect it. It's gonna be interesting. Yep. Let's see if we can get the 20 wins and make a run in the AAC. That it, man. Need it. Absolutely. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. On Sunday, the NBA, NBA held their All-Star game. And by, by the way, I, I think by far 
the NBA does the best job for all-star games of all the different – like, nobody – does anybody watch the Pro Bowl? No. No. Ever not, since it went flag football, no. I, but, I didn't know they did flag that. But I like I like that they changed it, though, because people – like, you did you watch the before? Like, it was just like – they were just playing, like, with pads on. So, I was like, just do some challenges and stuff. That's going to be better than what they was putting out there. At least they trying to – adjust but yeah <laughs> nba is way better than like but, but i didn't like the, i didn't like the all-star game this year though they didn't compete enough yeah so here's okay here's my thing with that and i don't want to i don't want to get on a yeah. long tangent with the actual game itself but i will say this about the nba all-star game itself first of all the all-star weekend is dope it's dope it's, yeah, it, it's it, the best flat out he's cool the home run derby's cool but they just they can't do it like the, the NBA does. Nah, no. Celebrities, the part, just everything. everything. The whole thing. It's pageantry almost. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, the game, I think what the problem that happens with the game is I think the expectations for the game from a, from fans at a certain age is, is just, I think sometimes we look at it in the wrong way. Like, even I get caught up like, okay, play some defense, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But think about this. NBA's 82 regular season games. So you get to the midpoint. A lot of these guys are tired. Some don't want to play. Yeah. Some don't want to get embarrassed. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I think the all-star game, in my opinion, is for the NBA looks at it, is for the kids. The kids get a chance to see these guys do extraordinary things in games. Now, they see that during the regular season, but not to the level of like what was it? The one year KD, I think, I think no, not KD. KG threw it off the backboard. Yeah. Tracy McGrady went. I mean, it was just like some stuff you'd never see in a game that kids just are like, wow. I think they gear it towards let's just entertain. Let's do it for these young kids that want to see magical stuff. Guys like me, you, and you know, older generations are like, oh man. I just don't. I think the guys are tired, man. We're lucky to have them play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On that topic, Alex, I mean, Giannis, team captain, only played what? Scored the first basket, uh, scored the four, first basket, took himself out. I mean, obviously he's battling an injury, but he didn't, he didn't play much in the All-Star game, obviously throw the injury into that fact. But overall, like, that's somebody guys would like to see in the All-Star game just due to his caliber of play and what he can do. Yeah, I, I I think if you turn on the the All Star game to to see good defense, then <laughs> you, yeah, it's true. You're looking for That's the wrong true. wrong. Yeah. you think That's about these kids, like we had you know tryouts, and I talked to different kids about the All Star game. They're all like, "Oh, did you see when so and so did this? When he did that? When John mm-hmm. Morant did?" That's mm-hmm. that's what they're selling. Yeah, that's those true. Are the, who buys the jerseys? The kids. <laughs> true, that's true. That is true. That's my so obviously JT, I'll let you talk. You you did not enjoy the, the no game. no no I I it was cool, but even even like my youngest was like, man, they ain't playing no defense like at all. But normally you know he, he ate, you know what I'm saying? He was like, they ain't playing no defense. Man. This is I'm about to start, I'm about to play my tablet. Like he was cool after he saw a couple of moves and he was just like, they ain't playing at all. Because normally they'll play like all right, they'll BS. But they'll be like, all right, they'll last four minutes of the quarter, they'll play a little tighter. Not like the greatest defense, but they'll tighten it up. But right. this year, they didn't tighten it up. Like, they just was like, all right, bro, we about to just throw oops, shoot threes. But I like the, the threes they were shooting, but after a while, I was like, dog, y'all only need two points. Go ahead and just score. So this will be over with. The you know? Yeah. Which I love, by the way. I love, I love it too. That's dope. I love I like it. That. I love yeah. the Elon ending. But yeah, they just, uh, but they ain't tighten up this year, but it's all good though. It's still like the it's still the best thing going right now. So I I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Now I will I will say this. I tried to tell people Mac McClung was gonna win that dunk contest, and people just looked at me like I was out of my mind. Well, I mean, if you've been on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, you know the dude can fly. You know yeah. he's great of bouncy. I just didn't think like my thing was I was thinking like he's so good. I didn't think I thought he was gonna like I didn't know if he was gonna want to take it. So that's the one thing I was like, if he don't want to take it, you know, cats be taking like four or five times, you'd be like, come on, bro. Like, even though you got super hops. 
So I thought he might have did that because like he been out the way. So like I ain't know. I thought the lights might have been too big for him, but I was wrong. So my bad, Mac. Well, Mac had a lot. He had a lot on the line. You know, he's got. You know, yeah. he's trying to get a um a deal. I think he got one with Philly, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They just called him up on a two way. So yep. he got a two way. Got a deal with Puma. Yeah. 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 I saw that. Yeah. The Pumas there on. There was a lot on the line for for him, but but that but that's a great segue. And I wanted to talk about the dunk competition, but I, is this the first time they brought somebody out of the G League for the dunk competition? Yep. Yep. Okay, that's the first time. Okay. So we, we can talk about the dunk contest too, because uh, if you remember right, a Bearcat legend made an appearance in the dunk contest as well. Well, that's gonna that's gonna actually lead into this. Yep. Um, we're gonna go around. Uh, Neil, we'll start with you. I want you to pick. Five Bearcats. Can it can be former and current? You can pick five Bearcats if you were to have a slam dunk competition, and you had five Bearcat Bearcats, either former or current players in it. Who would you pick? Neil, we'll start with you. Yeah. So this is obviously as we talked about off the record beforehand. My uh, my list might be a little bit more current. Obviously, we can go back and we can throw some guys in from the the former uh, Final Four teams, national championship teams as well. Uh, so my list will conclude. Obviously, we all know how great of a dunker James White was, so we have to throw him in that conversation. Uh, me personally, I loved him when he was here for his one year. Me and JT saw the absolute athletic uh, athleticism he had. And that's Tari Eason. Obviously, he just made his debut, and uh, he's killing it right now in the NBA. Uh, just got replaced to the Rising Stars League, so he was at All-Star Weekend. Dan Skillings has some pretty nice bounce. We've seen it. Uh, try to catch multiple bodies this year. Uh, we saw it on his visit when he was here. What was that? Right before he committed, so 2021, early 2021. Nah, September 21, I believe, if I remember right. Threw an ether down a nasty, a nasty off the bounce 360 in front of all of us. So uh, Dan Skillings is pretty nice with it. Uh, you have to throw in Kenyon Martin as well. And then another one I liked just for funs and giggles, just because he was a good player. I loved everything about what he did. I would like to see Trey Scott in it. Just overall good human. I loved what he was able to do. He's one of those big athletic, uh, athletic guys. He could do a lot of things. He had a, had a few good slams. So. So let's do uh, Trey Scott in that realm as well. All right. Good list. JT. All right. I'm going. All right. Flight for sure. Flight and helicopter. They they got to be in there. Like, no, it's Andrew Butts. Then I'm going to go. Got to go Kmart just because of his power and how high he gets up. I don't know how creative Kmart was gonna, would get, though. That's the only thing. Um, but his power, he could probably just pull like one of the. Remember when Larry Johnson was in the slam dunk contest? <laughs> trying to break the. Yeah, he was trying to break it every time. Like I think Kmart would give you that. Like where he don't miss, he just dunks it super hard. He's gonna give you a windmill and almost break the rim every time. Um, Max Steel, Jason Max Steel, mm. um, high jumper, long arms. I feel like if he he probably can get real creative for you. Um, I want to go. I'm gonna still keep it old school. I'm gonna go super old school with this one. Not super old school, but '90s. I'm gonna go Herb Jones. Mm. Like real bouncy dude. Like didn't Herb average a double double? When he last one average double double? Or am I the wrong guy? He probably did because that before for last year that Final Four run that that last year he was he was really good. Like he but, was the MVP of that team. Yeah. So like I'm gonna go Herb because he was like. He can. He was like super duper athletic, and was like a smaller, like out, like undersized forward. So I'm gonna go with him. I think he would be like fun for the slam dunk contest too, like with the Bearcats. And there's some other guys, honorable mention, I think could be in there. Like, um, like you said, I think Skilling's on the new on the new side. Um, I think Jacob Evans, you know, those guys. But I'm gonna say those are my top five right there, right there. And then I might be missing a couple people just from um, quick scan as well. So. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Um, so, okay, so good lists uh, from both you guys. Um, JT and Neil, we both are, all of us, agree on James White. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. 
I've, I've been on record to say I think he's the greatest dunker in UC history. Um, sure. Right? Um, yep. Mel Levitt, um, he's yep. on there. I'm going to throw somebody out there we're forgetting about. Darnell Wilkes. Ah, D. Wilkes did have crazy bounce. Wow. Darnell Wilkes. Ah, I forgot about Wilkes. He did have that. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah, real good one. he had a couple where he was like. Yeah, he used to be floating. Whew. Floating. Yeah, he had bounce. Yeah, for sure. Got to throw Darnell in there. Good job. Got, good, job. good one on that one. Yes, sir. I got to throw an old school one in there. Curtis Bostick. Mm. Yep, Kurt Kurt Bostick was um, at at that time his nice. his hops and power combined. Ooh, tough. Nice, nice. The last one, and of course I and I always like to throw my uh, my my former teammate in there, Kmart. But I'm I'm going to leave Kmart off the list, and I'm going to insert um, a Bearcat from Tony Yates's era in one year with hugs. You guys may not be super familiar with him, but Lavertus Robinson. Mm, I ain't hip. Yeah, Lavertus Robinson, for, for our listeners that remember that time period, he was, I would say, dunking-wise, how he did, he was like um, um, Dominique Wilkins. Mm, okay. He, he was right. that type of uh, dunker. Two so, foot, hit you with the windmill with both okay. hands. <laughs> okay, so he had power. He was bringing it. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was bringing it. Okay, that's what's up. That's now, that's a good list. Now, now, thank you, thank you. I don't know, I don't know who from like back back in the day. I was trying to think like who from back back. Like I know Tom Thacker who played back in the day. Always heard he had crazy hops. I don't I don't know who who had like the crazy crazy hops back. Yeah. In the day. I mean, we don't see any videos of those guys. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah, man. It's all just the pictures. <laughs> hey i showed by the way i showed somebody who had never seen the picture of oscar robertson getting the rebound with leg spread yeah i showed that to somebody and they yeah. were like why did he, what they were like why did he need to do that like what was yeah. the purpose i was like he was flat i was a flex. He was flex that was definitely a flex rebound us. <laughs> That was, that was pure flex. Like that was just like, but to get this rebound, I'm about to do that. He probably told it whoever he rebounded on, he was gonna do that. Yep. Though, and, and, and hey, shout out that photographer. For that was yeah, that was fire photo right there. It's definitely gonna outlive everybody. Oof. That was that was a that was definitely a fire. I don't know. Did I gotta look at some videos? Like I don't remember oscar ever dunking like i'm sure he could but yeah yeah I, I, i've never seen him dunk <laughs> like on any videos i've seen him like because my granddad is like a big oscar robinson fan so like he always would tell me about him he's like he had like he said he said it's like he was shooting like he was sitting in the chair like when he jumped like so it tripped me out so i don't know why it tripped me out and i would watch him like you know some highlights and stuff i'm like oh, okay i started getting them buckets though yeah <laughs> You know what? I, and one day I hope to have a chance to interview Oscar um, one day. And I, well, I'd love to ask him, like, how did you how did you get a triple double in Chuck Taylor's? Like, man, that might make you the goat alone. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Jordan, like, bro, get, get a triple double in these bad man, boys. Man, some Chuck T's, man. That's crazy. Oh, man. That that's don't even seem fathomable right now for how shoe game how the shoe game is right now. Could you imagine LeBron James playing a, a one one NBA game as Chuck Taylor's? Like <laughs> talk about like career ending injury. Yeah, he wouldn't even be like I don't think it'd be like the Zion Williamson in the uh, Nike shoe game back at Duke. I feel like. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, it'd be bad. It'd Real be bad. bad. Zion's hurt again, by the way. Man, yeah. Zion can't can't, can't get catch right. a break. Lonzo Ball's out too for the season. Yeah, um, that's why the Bulls ain't doing what they're supposed to do because he he hurt man. He's like the he's a CP three. Yeah, that's too bad. I, I hate to see those young guys get hurt, like especially with um with Zion. Like I want yeah. him to be successful so bad, but I, I think his window. It's so small because of his size and yeah. it just tear on the body. And he yeah. already he already wobbles when he walks. Yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah. such a like his physical build is crazy because it's like 
he's really a defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Our tight yeah. end for real. Just how he's built. Like he's got to make sure he's on top of his like nutrition and stuff for real because of how he's built. He can't he can't afford to like balloon and cut down, balloon and cut down. He has to be on top of it. And he's probably gonna have to like find a comfortable weight that he can do everything he needs to do and be able to take the pounding because his body can take it, but like he's so explosive. Every time he jumps, like he probably can tear his ACL. Yeah, you you can't you can't play at that the way he plays that style, you can't play 82 games for you know yeah. five years. Like it just it's not gonna, right. It's not, man, because he's just it's crazy. Like I was telling somebody, it's like, man, dude, he just built like the way he's built is crazy because it's like that's what makes him so good, but at the same time, like it's a detriment, you know what I mean? Yep. No question. Yep. I got I got a crazy – I saw this on Twitter today, and, Neil, I want you to hear this too. Um, you know, obviously the LeBron and MJ GOAT debate is the, the hottest thing after LeBron uh, broke the scoring record. But somebody posted, like, um, a list of Michael Jordan's achievements, and there, there are a lot of them that are just unbelievable, like – Michael had eight seasons of averaging 30 or more points a game. <laughs> like, that's crazy, first of all. But here, here's the stat that I thought was insane. Michael Jordan had nine seasons in his career, nine seasons where he played every single game. He played 82 regular season games in the playoff. Like, that is insane, man. I mean, yeah. think about that. Crazy. Yeah. Wouldn't happen in today's today's mm-hmm. game, dude, load management and whatnot. That's that's crazy. What that is crazy. Yeah. I read that and I was like, I remember. Like I and, and here's the thing I remember about about Jordan, and then I'll 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 get out of this. But I remember in one of um, MJ's books, <clears throat> he talked about how much pride he took in. When he played in a game, let's say they're playing at Milwaukee, right? They're playing the Bucks. Michael didn't want to sit out that game because he knew somebody worked their butt off to get the money to take their kids to the game just to see Michael Jordan. And he didn't want to let those people down. So, I mean, you got to think about it. In those 82 games he did for nine seasons, he's playing games hurt. Like, probably oh, for sure. Be out there, right? For sure. Oh, for sure. That's that's that right there. Now, if he did it in Chuck Taylor's, boy, boy. <laughs> next, next level. That'd be next that would, level right there. That would be next level. That'd be super next level. He's got some J's on for the most part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he needed those J's. And you know, Michael, Michael would change his shoes at halftime. Yeah. He would always play. Neil, I don't know if you know this, but Michael Jordan always played every game in new shoes. Did you really? know that? I did not know that. So he didn't play. So of those 82 games, that's in a crazy. Season, those were 82 different sneakers. That's crazy. That's wild. Brand new. Brand new. He just there was some, but but you know what? What he said about that mentally is 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 pretty cool because you know how you put on a new pair of sneakers and you feel like a new person? That's that was his approach. Like I mentally felt like a new person wearing a new pair of shoes. So and I think he signed. So what he would do is he would sign those shoes, and then they would auction them off for his charity or make a wish. Or uh, by the way, he made the largest donation on his birthday to the history of the Make a Wish Foundation. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I, saw that. I did see that. Wasn't it like ten million or something like that? Ten, yeah, ten million. So that was. I think that's the largest one-time gift. I'm sure yeah. it's given um, millions over the years, but a one-time gift. Um, of 10 million is, is the most so um, hats off and I, he's got the money to do it so the yeah. 20th segment is sponsored by 93 ways to mentor 93 ways to mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater cincinnati area through mentoring therapy education and financial support to support visit the website 93 ways to mentor.com or contact Derek adams at 513-310- 1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Don Who Accounting Services, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota, 
and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria, 2634 Short Vine, before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Scheduled to do a podcast uh, 5 to 6 p.m. live at Mio's um, before the game. We've been holding back on releasing our guests because I knew we were going to may or may not get them. We, we didn't get them. So we're going into plan B. So I have to make that announcement on Twitter or Instagram who we're going to have as our, as our guest. Uh, the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming a enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. Now we will be back with another new episode for the February 26th game against Memphis. Fellas, were you guys, uh, JT, you going to be at the game? Yep, yep, I'll be there. Yes, sir. JT? Yep, yep, I'll be here. Hear me? Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay. I lost for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be Neil, there. Neil, you going to be there? Yes, sir. I'll be there. Yeah, okay, good, good. So it'll be, be a good good house. We have to get together. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Okay. Great, great. And we want to thank all Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Tactically. Go Bearcats.